welcome to Crashton Talks. Uh, this episode is brought to you by me, Chris Ashton, because this show has zero sponsors. Woohoo! A woohoo! Uh, this week, I wanted to kind of talk to you about some things that I'd written down. Um, if you're wondering why this week there's still no guest, it's because one, I couldn't get a hold of anybody. <laughs> I'm getting on. No, it was basically because I wanted to start off the new year. Um, with a new kind of format and stuff but I might still do videos like this just because I get bored and stuff um, but I think in the meantime I'm going to talk and then after the holidays we'll get guests on and stuff uh, I managed to watch the first episode like 20, 30,000 times and um, I cringed my way through most of it which I'm sure I'll do if I watch this one back but um, yeah so I've made a kind of a, a wee list of things that I, I wanted to talk about. The first thing I've I've written down is like weird interactions with like known folk, because uh, that seemed to be the thing that people found most interesting from last week. Um, and the first thing is like I used to study music at um, Cumbernauld College, like between two thousand and five and two thousand and ten, and. After I studied music, uh, I took I took a year out, year out to study uh, film and television. And the guy that ran the course uh, was a guy called Alan Moffat, who used to be in a band called The Diggers, and they were signed to Creation at the same time as Oasis. A wee fact for you. Um, and Alan uh, was good friends with a guy called uh, John Fratelli, who's the singer in The Fratellis. And he managed to get uh, John to agree to uh, come down and open the like the new music department. So the music department had uh, built this new studio at the time, and uh, John came down and and kind of opened it. And after like Alan had selected like a few a few students, <laughs> to, <laughs> the worst thing in the planet. Uh, he selected like a few students to like come and show him round and all that stuff just for like the fucking college and so he could pretend to be like oh wow and I could pretend to be like that's a that's a mute button um, but anyway after it there was a Q&A uh, with uh, the like arts like the music film and art students in the rock room which was like this big kind of room in the college at the time and uh, that was fine, that was the kind of end of that thing um, but after it uh, between the Fratelli's second album and third album, John started a band called Codeine Velvet Club and Alan had managed to well, Alan obviously does like filming and stuff like that and he was, he'd got a job basically filming the band live at their launch at Auden Moor and he'd asked me if like, I'd go along and help them, and I'm not a particularly great videographer, but I guess I only just sort of like put the two things together where it was like, um, I'm into music, John's a musician, be a good opportunity to kind of rub shoulders and stuff like that, rub, rub some shoulders and rub some feet, and uh, maybe some cream on some folks' backs. So I went along, um, and I'd done the job, and then I was sitting at the table with Alan, a couple of other guys. And Alan said, you know, there's an after party, like, after this, you should go along to it. 
I was like, oh, that would be really cool. He was like, but we are, we kind of need to go. Um, and I was like, all right, okay. So after about an hour, they left. And I, I was sitting at the table like, I really want to go to this fucking after party. But like, I don't know where it is. So I went kind of like behind the bar and I seen this guy that kind of knew, looked like he knew where fucking people were. So I walked up to him and he was like, oh, are you here for the after party? And I was like, oh yeah. And he was like, we'll just go in the lift. Uh, and press 2 so I went in and pressed 2 and then the doors opened up into this like big room that had these big like fucking expensive wooden cabinets full of alcohol and stuff and the room was full like full of people and at the back of the room was like John Fratelli and the rest of the band I was like bloody hell so I walked into the room and he came over and started talking to me and it was just weird, like I got talking to him about the music industry and then he introduced me to like the guy that produced uh, Codeine Velvet Club album and stuff and like I've just never really forgotten it because it was like a weird, it's one of those weird things. It was like during the day I was just living my normal life and then all of a sudden I was in this fucking place. Um, but I've had loads of things that are like that and uh, I think I've, like I mentioned it last week but I just never felt like like I belong in those environments so it's hard to like fucking take it all in and uh, I, I still don't even know if this podcast is like a good idea or not you know what I mean like I, I think I, I want to talk to some people that um, that I've met over the years that, I want to, that I've wanted to meet over the years but then I think I, I, I kind of want to just talk to like friends and stuff as well like if there's anybody that's like tuning in for whatever reason you're tuning in like I know some cool people that are just like people you know what I mean like, I think that you would find really interesting I think that might be like a cool idea too so we'll see how that goes Um, another thing I've written down is like where I am now like versus where I thought I would be so like when I started out um, it was my brother-in-law had taught me like a few chords a guy called David Gibson um, he taught me like a couple of chords on guitar he was, he was sitting like playing in my mum's living room he was playing the uh, the Limp Biscuit guitar part in the Mission Impossible theme tune you know they done like the I think it was like the second one they done a theme tune for it and uh, he was just sitting playing a riff and I was like I want to fucking play that um, so he taught me like some chords he showed me how to play the riff and then a couple of weeks later I went into school and uh, it was like the first day back and I was sitting next to this guy uh, I told him like I'd started learning how to play guitar and he was like oh fucking I started learning how to play drums um, the guy's name happened to be Gary Gilmore like the song um, but so me and Gary were like well let's fucking let's get a band together like and he was like cool that'd be great his drum kit was set up in his mum's house so we would go there like every Wednesday and just practice and like some people kind of came and left the band like over like maybe six months to a year uh, and then we settled on like a three pieces like we do <laughs> first of all my brother-in-law was like have you got a bass player and we were like no we don't even know what a fucking bass is and uh, we ended up asking a guitarist that we knew if he knew how to play bass and he was like I could fucking figure it out so he done that um, and we ended up with this three piece called Nevertheless but after like the kind of first year 
I remember walking with Gary in school and we were like just talking about the band and what we would want to do and we both like agreed that like this is what we want to do for the rest of our lives and I think at that point we thought that meant like fucking we're going to be rock stars we're going to be like fucking Motley Crue or Nirvana or something like that but um, the way it's turned out is obviously vast, vastly different and it just does like your musical influences change your like perspective of the world changes as well like for me having having a child like I've got a little boy and that's completely like altered my my view of how I, like how I want to be in the world how I want to be viewed in the world how how I think the world should fucking be and like being like I used to think like being a fucking well known musician would uh, would fulfill something in me that it just it, it just wouldn't um, and have, having a son like completely um has completely changed that I think because you you want the best for them as well you know you want them to grow up in a world where they don't don't want validation all the time um but yeah so that's something that's pretty cool but the fact the other thing with that is is like when you have like so much time on your hands like not having a child or if you just don't have something that is like taking up a lot of your time you sort of like chase down when you've got like a brain that's just constantly going all the time you, you try and chase down every idea that you've got whether it's a song whether it's like a, an idea for a music video or just something like something fucking crazy like this like i would have like instead of just settling on like some some sort of format to get the fucking the information out there i'd have like tried to like over compensate and it just would never have came to anything but like having uh, a child has like locked me down and it being like um what if i'm gonna if i'm gonna chase an idea it has to come to something and it has to be worthwhile which is cool because i know that everything that i'm gonna do is gonna work you know like it's probably how a lot of like musicians not having um like a backbone in their life by backbone I mean like something like a child or like family something that keeps you grounded um, sort of like fail on the way up and by failure I don't mean like you don't get your record deal or anything I mean like your, your perspective of the world you know you could be on be the most famous musician on the planet but if you don't have that thing that keeps you grounded uh, I think you'll, you'll fall off quite easily like psychologically or literally like financially or whatever Oh yeah. So I think at some point I want to get uh, Gary on. Um, I'd like to do it at a point where there's a lot of people tuning in because Gary's quite an interesting person and we've known each other for a long time as well. He's done some really, really cool stuff. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this, but he, he toured, like, he played drums and toured with a band called Dearly Beloved. And uh, Dearly Beloved is fronted by uh, a girl called Neva and a guy called Rob. And Rob is no, he's a phenomenal bass player and singer, but he's also the the nephew of the bass player from Rush as well. Um, so they, they're doing like really, really well. There's a fucking phenomenal band too, but Gary went on tour with them and he's just got some amazing 
insight to the world. Uh, he's got some cool and crazy views about the world as well, um, in terms of music and just his, his philosophy. So I think it'd be cool to get him on at some point and some other folks. But yeah, I'm going to wrap things up. And I know it's coming close to Christmas, uh, so I don't want to take up too much of your time. But thanks again for tuning in and uh, Merry Christmas and all that when it comes when it comes around. And hopefully, if I don't get another episode in before the end of the year, then I'll see you after the new new year with some guests. Okay, so I'm going to try and wrap things up with a wee button. Take care of your winter coats with Coat Winter. Mm-hmm.